Ladies and gentlemen, the podcast is back. It's been gone for a little while. I've had a lot of personal stuff I was working through. Um, nothing too crazy, but, you know, I was finishing a semester of school. I was in another musical production that some of you, as some of you are aware, I do things like that. And so, um, I've been working on that. I've started a business recently, and so I was focusing on that. And then, of course, we had the holidays and spending time with family. You know, there was a lot going on. Um, but I have been very eager to get back to releasing podcast episodes. And uh, I have a goal by the end of the year to be operating this podcast in a certain way. And I'm not going to reveal exactly what I intend to do, but I'm very determined to start really focusing on this podcast along with some of the other passion projects I've been working on because they bring me a lot of joy and I want to keep doing them for obvious reasons. So, uh, but you know, let's jump right into the action here because this is an emergency podcast update. And this this is, I've been releasing these almost exclusively this year. Uh, I've been doing a ton of emergency podcast updates. Um, and this one is something that is far different from anything I have released thus far. Uh, but I feel it's important to talk about because I have seen minimal media coverage of what's going on in this area of the world up to this point. And I feel that it's very strange to me that there's not a lot of U.S. media coverage happening surrounding one of the most monumental series of events that have happened in a country directly to our south. And, you know, if you live in the United States, as most of my listeners do you'll know that Mexico is to our southern border. And uh, there's something really crazy happening right there. So let's talk about that. But before we begin, remember, if you enjoy the podcast, please head over to Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. Drop me a five-star review. And if you feel so inclined, if there is the option, leave me something nice to read. Let me know why you enjoy listening to my podcast. Let me know why you enjoy my analysis of current events, historical events, why it's important to learn about certain things. Let me know what you enjoy about the podcast. It really means the world to me and um, it gives me encouragement to keep doing what I'm doing here. So, all right, without further ado, let's jump right into this. Something really crazy is happening in Mexico right now. So, I'm not sure how many of you know what a cartel is, but uh, essentially a cartel is a, uh, it's, it's an association of manufacturers or suppliers with a purpose of maintaining prices at a high level and restricting competition. That's what the defin- the dictionary definition of a cartel is. Now, there's lots of different types of cartels. There are, uh, there are globalist cartels that control lots of corporations. Um, there are there could be some there there can be small scale cartels such as uh, a cartel who operates all of the food in a small town or something and so then they control the prices of all the food in in this small town somewhere and that can be considered a cartel but basically uh, Mexico and other areas of South America are famous for having well infamous for having these very violent frightening large cartels. Um, and the, the, one of the largest cartels, in fact, probably the largest cartel in Mexico is called the Sinaloa cartel. And this cartel is, it, I mean, there are potentially, there are potentially over a hundred thousand members of this cartel. And, uh, at its height, the Sinaloa cartel controlled 90% of the world's meth, cocaine, heroin, and cannabis trade. It is the, that this cartel is the primary source of the cross-border drug trade in the United States. 
this cartel, with the amount of members it has, it's got members in the Mexican government. There have been scandals where members of the Mexican government have been tied to the cartel. There are uh, these members in government can keep the cartel activities hush-hush, and the cartel pays off a lot of police officers who get sniffing too close so they can keep operating things the way that they've been operating them. So, again, this cartel is called the Sinaloa Cartel, and uh, I believe it's the largest in Mexico. Now, a lot of you have heard of El Chapo. El Chapo was a drug kingpin from Mexico. Uh, Maybe from Colombia, I'm not exactly... I think from Mexico. Um, But this guy was one of, he he is one of the most famous drug runners in history. Potentially, maybe the most famous drug runner in history. He operated the Sinaloa cartel. And uh, under his leadership, it reached its zenith. It reached the highest, most powerful point that it had ever been to. Now, of course, we got El Chapo. And uh, he got put behind bars. And he stayed behind bars. Um, but his son did not, and his son actually kind of took his place in leading the Sinaloa cartel, and he's been doing that for a decade or so, along with a couple other drug kingpins. So, a couple days ago, we're talking maybe two days ago, maybe less, maybe yesterday, I don't know exactly, um, Mexico's... Mexico's police force got this guy. They captured him and they got him behind bars, which is a huge win for the Mexican government in terms of them fighting off these cartels that are, uh, you know, kind of running the streets. If you listen to my episode about Ukraine, uh, like a, a concise history of Russia and Ukraine, you'll know that Russia was governed by the mafia for a long time. Now, the, these cartels are essentially like the mafia. They operate a little bit differently, but they, I mean, a lot of the streets of Mexico are run by these cartels. People have to pay cartels for safety. Um, And so, you know, the streets of Mexico are run by cartels. So in the last few decades, Mexico's biggest problem, other than all this incredible immigration issues, have been dealing with these enormous cartels that have fingerlings all through Mexican government, even maybe in the Mexican military. I mean, just they, they're dealing with a crime ridden nation beyond anything we in the United States could possibly imagine. And so to get this guy to capture one of the, one of the leaders of this enormous cartel was a huge win. But unfortunately the cartel didn't like that very much. The Sinaloa cartel was not happy with what just happened with one of their leaders getting captured. So what did they do? Well, essentially, the cartels have launched a large-scale coordinated attack in the city of Culiacan. And why has this happened? Well, obviously, it's a reprisal for the capture of the son of El Chapo. And, I mean, now there are cartels... Uh, roaming the streets in trucks with machine guns mounted on the back. They're heavily armed. Um, and uh, so why are they doing this and, and what do they think they're going to accomplish through this? Well, believe it or not, back in October, the Mexican government actually nabbed this guy already. The same guy, El Chapo's son, they nabbed him and they took him in. Um, but back then, 
the cartel did something similar when he got captured. They started roaming the streets, they started shooting up buildings, uh, they started setting fires. It wasn't as big of a scale as this one is, but they made it obvious that they were very unhappy with the situation, and so the Mexican government folded after a few days of unrest, and they released El Chapo's son back to the cartels. Well, now, three months later, they've taken him back in, and this time they're putting him in a maximum security, maximum security prison, and they are doubling down that they are not letting him go again. And obviously... The cartels realize that if they want to get the same result, they are going to have to up the ante on this. Now, cartels are completely crazy. A lot of these kids that a lot of these, I mean, a lot of them are kids, but a lot of them are grown adults now. But most of the people who are in cartels are raised from birth to join and be part of the cartel. They are raised to glorify violence. They are raised, it's all they know. They don't know anything different than living in the cartel. The cartel is their home. It's their family. And so what the cartel tells them to do, they will carry out. And so now what's happening here? Uh, we have videos of the cartel members attacking government buildings, attacking infrastructure and attacking civilians and, uh, police force and Mexican military. So in the, uh, in the city of Culiacan, there are several major entry points, maybe highways, uh, leading into the city. And the cartel has has burned buses and other vehicles and blocked those entryways so nobody can really get in or out effectively. There are videos showing massive volumes of gunfire coming from within Culiacan prison, where many cartel members have been detained. This started shortly after the attack on the city of Culiacan started. And, uh... Some reports are that cartel members have attacked the prison so that they can break out their own members to join in this siege on the city of Culiacan. There are reports of fighting in the streets between cartel members and police forces, and uh, I have seen videos of truckloads of heavily armed cartel members heading toward the city. There are cartel members who have reportedly kidnapped doctors and nurses to prevent people who were injured from retrieving from receiving treatment. And I cannot absolutely verify this because there, there's no video to support this that I have seen, but there have been these reports. And even though this is, this could easily be fear mongering, it's important to say, you know, this, these cartels are obviously completely crazy and, uh, they have an objective here to frighten the Mexican government into submission and the Mexican people into submission. There are currently fires breaking out across the city. I watched a video of an overhead view of the city and it's just, there's, it's in flames right now. Uh, at Culiacan Airport, there have been cartels who have fired at passengers' aircraft as they're trying to lift off. So these passenger aircraft have had to stay on the runway. Um, and there are people cowering in their seats. There are videos from inside the aircraft as people are cowering on the ground while the cartel fires at them. All airports and highways in the province have been completely shut down. All sporting events have been canceled. And, you know, this is crazy. This is a crazy thing that's happening right now. And the amount of the amount of gunshots that I'm hearing in these videos, I mean, it transcends even what I was hearing in most of the videos coming out of Ukraine during the early days of the Russia-Ukraine war. I mean, this is something that we have not seen before. It's, it's unbelievable. So, why is this so frightening? I mean, this could easily be... Uh, I mean, if this was a, if this was a gang, if this was MS-13 in the United States, or if this was, you know, the Crips or the Bloods or something, and they were trying to carry out uh, some sort of coordinated attack on 
uh, Los Angeles or uh, Portland or Seattle, New York, you know, some kind of coordinated attack on one of these population centers, that would be crazy and that would be frightening, but not nearly as frightening as what's going on here in Culiacan. Why? Because these cartels are heavily armed, heavily supplied, very well coordinated, and unlike anything, like I've said previously, they are coordinated and armed in a way that no militia, no gang, I mean, no kind of terrorist organization that has ever been in the United States has, you know, beyond anything we've ever seen in the United States. There's nothing that we have here that could compare to what the cartels are doing in Culiacan right now. There are videos of, of convoys of trucks going into the city with mounted machine guns on the back. There are, I mean, this cartel has military grade equipment that they're shipping into the city. And I mean, I mean, it's like, I cannot overstate how insane this is. So we've got a couple recent updates here. Um, Mexican military commander Juan Jose Moreno Orzua has been assassinated with his four body bodyguards very near the city. Uh, former President Donald Trump has called for U.S. military intervention in the conflict. El Chapo's son has been moved to a maximum, maximum security prison so the cartel can't get their hands on him and extra security has been placed at that prison. Um, obviously, this is a big deal. So... A military commander in the Mexican military has been assassinated, likely by the cartel. This has been confirmed. And so that is an act of war on the Mexican government and on the Mexican military. So the cartel obviously means business here. If they were rioting, if they were rampaging, if they were burning, burning buses and stuff, and, you know, kind of like things we saw during the summer of love in 2020 in the United States, they couldn't justify that as an act of war. But... Because a senior Mexican military official has been now murdered by the cartel, likely by the cartel, that's an act of war. That is an act of war against the Mexican military. So it's likely that the Mexican military will now be called into the city of Culiacan. And this will turn into a ground war, which I believe is already descending into that. We'll have to get more information as the night drags on. I'm going to be following this, obviously. But... This is getting crazy. And why do I keep saying this is getting crazy? Because this could mean a number of things. First of all, th like I've said before, this is, the mo this is the largest offensive by a cartel in modern Mexican history. I don't know how they got all the gear that they got, and I would be very interested to learn where they got all of it. But they are they obviously mean business. They mean war. They don't mean they don't want to cause some carnage and burn down some buildings. They want war with the Mexican military. Which means this could mean civil war in Mexico. If the cartel has the numbers that reportedly they do, which according to a 2009 article from the Washington uh, from Washington Times, there are back in 2009 there were more than a hundred thousand members in the Sinaloa cartel. That was 14 years ago. They could easily have far greater numbers than that now, or less. I don't know, but that was 14 years ago. And if they have those numbers, they could easily wage war in Mexico, an actual war, a real life armed conflict inside Mexico, where they could take control of a city, which looks like they're meaning to do that. And they could say, we will hold this city until our demands are met. And obviously the Mexican government isn't interested in meeting their demands anymore. So 
It could mean civil war. So the Mexican government is going to be hard-pressed to quell this violence. Their military is feeble at best and has no armored vehicles. And the cartel likely has members in the Mexican army anyway. So it's unlikely that there's going to be a quick end to this conflict if the, if the cartel's demands are not met because the Mexican military doesn't have the means to fight this war with them without massive losses. So... This should light a fire under anyone who doesn't think the crisis on the United States southern border is a big deal. Because the people that are waging war on Mexican civilians en masse right now in Mexico are the same people who are smuggling drugs and trafficking human beings across the border in the thousands every day. These are these people who are driving through the Mexi streets of Mexico with armored trucks, with machine guns mounted on the back, who are killing Mexican civilians, burning down buildings, and uh, doing this in retribution because one of their leaders was captured, are the same people who are crossing our southern border every day, bringing people and bringing drugs across the border. And if after seeing this, you still think that's not a big deal, then I don't know what to tell you, honestly. So this all comes as President Joe Biden is due to meet with the Mexican leadership at a summit in just a few days. And there's been no statement from President Biden yet. Um, so I'm interested to see how he's going to deal with this situation, because obviously going to Mexico right now is not the best idea. But uh, I mean, he's the president of the United States. It's very likely that he'd be very, very well protected. But also the cartel, seeing how emboldened they are right now, they could easily paint him as a new target. But if they're if they have any sense of brain, they would know that attacking the United States president is an act of war on all of the United States. And the United States military would quickly probably level the city of Culiacan. So, but there's no president, there's no statement from president Biden yet. This could easily constitute a terrorist threat to the United States. I mean, they're taking control of a city in Mexico, our Southern neighbor. So it's possible that Biden could suggest sending us troops to put down this insurrection, but I'm not sure if that's dangerous U.S. servicemen and women would die. I don't think Biden wants that. He already isn't super popular among people in the United States. So I don't know. I don't know what would happen here. But this is demonstrating just how powerful these cartels in Mexico are. Just how dangerous they are. And this is a serious problem that presents itself on in the country to our southern border. And... I don't know, like, do we do something about it? Is there something that can be done? I don't know. I don't have the answers. This is all unfolding before my very eyes, and this is something beyond anything I've seen before in Mexico. I know, I've known for a long time that these cartels were a huge problem, and that they had a lot of influence over, I mean, so many areas of Mexican life, but this is unlike anything I ever imagined I would see, and they're literally taking control of a full-blown population center, right now and it's possible that they will exact terror on these people living in this population center until their needs until their demands are met which is again releasing the son of el chapo i don't know what's going to happen here i i genuinely don't have the answers but this this was significant enough that and i was seeing such minimal media coverage of this to the point where i felt like it was justified for me to say something about this and uh 
I want to keep you all updated with uh, what I'm seeing here. So um, really quickly, I'm going to do another quick overview of uh, maybe what we're seeing on Twitter. Let's look through this really quick. Uh, let's search cartels. Um, you know, those are videos I've seen before. Videos of uh, people cowering in planes. Let's search hashtag cartel. Let's see what we can find here. Um, a lot of people calling for further violence against the cartels. Cartels do not have the public favor. Um, but, you know, there's a lot of videos of Mexican cartel members that are in cars heavily, heavily armored, heavily equipped. They've got guns unlike anything I've seen before and they're ready for violence. But I mean, I don't, I don't know what else to say because this is absolutely unbelievable and even more unbelievable that I'm seeing such minimal coverage of it. I mean, I'm on the homepage of Twitter right now and all I'm seeing right now is just Americans talking again and again about the speaker of the house. Like, look, this is, this is, you know, I, I won't say any more on that, but anyway, um, that's really all I have for you today. Uh, I'm not going to say any more on this, uh, but I am going to probably release another update tomorrow when there's more information available to me. But right now, the city of Culidad is under siege by the Mexican Sinaloa cartel because um, then one of their leaders, the son of El Chapo, one of the most infamous drug lords in world history, was captured by the Mexican government, and the Mexican government has every intention of keeping him behind bars and will not release him to the cartels. And because of that, I deeply fear what the cartels intend to do. And I wonder what kind of world global retribution there will be. When Russia invaded Ukraine, the world was very quick to condemn them. When the cartels took control of Kuliadad, we'll see if anybody says anything. So, that's all I have to say about that. Thank you all for joining me today on Tanner Talks About Stuff That Happened. I'll be back in either tomorrow or in a few days as we get more information about what's going on in Mexico. And uh, until then, thank you all so much for listening, and I will catch you next time. Stay safe, stay free, drink a lot of water, eat some good food tonight. Hug your loved ones. Good night, everybody.